Hello, Scream Demons, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Screams from the Basement podcast. This is a bi-weekly horror podcast in which two horror fans discuss all things horror, including recent watches, horror news, collectibles, and more. Hey, I'm one of your co-hosts. I'm Casey the Killer Kelderman. And I'm Sam the Damn Blends. Yeah, we're bringing it back. Uh, and let's, let's get, get screaming. screaming. <laughs> Dang it, we got so excited about bringing back the, the, the nicknames. The nicknames, they're coming back. We're going to keep back. them. Yeah. We lost them for some reason. Now we're going to bring them back. Yeah, why'd we ever lose them? <laughs> because we started a new show and it was like... Do we want to go super cheesy with this one? And then we decided eventually, like, that's just who we are. And now we're, we're I don't know, what, <laughs> 10 months into this? So, yeah, yeah, 10 months yeah. into this. Yeah. We'll, Holy crap, yeah. We're, we're going to get real cheesy with it. <laughs> yeah, this this is a pretty cheesy episode, I feel like. Oh, this might be the, the biggest cheese of all the cheeses. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like a blue cheese. It's a little moldy. Okay. you know All got, a, moldy, got a got a musky scent to it you know okay. like a little bit of that new york bar flavor okay i'm, yeah. I'm with you yeah <laughs> the difference between the movies we're talking about today and blue cheese is i'm gonna digest these movies i'm not touching blue cheese <laughs> that's fair that's fair yeah sam what are we talking what are we talking about today what is the main topic what is the blue cheese of this episode we are talking, uh, this is an episode that we've floated for a while, probably since the inception of this podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, we're finally talking Frank Henenlotter, and we're talking Frank Henenlotter's B movies. That is Basket Case and Brain Damage. Uh, yeah, we, uh, we just recently, I mean, you know, we've been kind of busy the last few weeks. Yeah, and, we'll talk uh, about it. Yeah, we'll talk about it. But yeah, we just we needed something that was kind of easy for homework. Mm -hmm. And uh, both of us were already going to a basket case or <laughs> brain damage at the state mm -hmm. late night this uh, past Friday. And so we were like, let's just do our Hemlotter episode. And so, yeah, we're doing basket case and brain damage. Yeah, we were going to do uh, one of the two new releases that's still in theaters right now, um, whether that be Saw X or The Exorcist mm -hmm. Believer. But eh, neither one of us <laughs> watched them yet. We haven't gotten to it yet, sorry, so... Sorry. We'll eventually talk about him on the show. Uh, yeah. Maybe a Saw episode down the road? Oh, yeah. Probably definitely. not an Exorcist one. I don't know. Maybe. No. I don't I, know. At least not the I have a feeling. I have a feeling I'll be watching this new Exorcist movie once, and that's enough for me, mm -hmm. which is typically enough for me in any Exorcist movie. Like, I feel like that's just... Exorcism movies aren't my bag, man. You know? Oh, they're not mine either, but it's it's the fact that it's yeah, we've talked about it before. Yeah. We'll talk about it when I eventually watch it. <laughs> yeah. I'll probably make you watch it because I will say Sam will like this movie. I don't know. Yeah, I I still have to watch I'm still I put the Pope's Exorcist on my watch list because you were like, no, you'd kind of love it. You would kind of so <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, fine, but if you steer me wrong, if it's a devil inside situation, oh, I'm swearing off of them forever. Okay. So I that's, love that's, that movie. <laughs> that's that's the bar right now for Exorcist Believer. If Sam likes the Pope's Exorcist, it's a go. <laughs> yeah. If he doesn't, we're 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 not talking about it on the show. Yep. <laughs> no, I'm pumped. I'm pumped to talk about this because yeah, we've talked about we've floated around between you and I a couple different Hen and Lauder ideas. Yep. Since we yep. started the podcast, we will eventually do a favorite of the show 
Frankenhooker, which yeah. I think both of us have talked about on the show. Uh, oh, you multiple yeah. times. I know I have. Multiple, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I we'll love do an episode movie. on that. We have an idea of, of a movie to pair with that. I mean, yeah. the only logical pairing between Frankenhooker is, yeah. you know, Bride of Frankenstein. Bride of Frankenstein, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's the only movie you could pair with that. It's the godfather of... I mean, it, it's the... Uh, how do I put it? It's the godmother of... Frankenhooker like mm-hmm. Frankenhooker doesn't exist without it but also like James Will walked in that movie so that Frank Henenlotter could like blow up hookers yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that movie yeah. is insane I well, love it we'll, we'll talk about that one uh, down the road we'll definitely be pairing those two movies together but before we get to that we're talking basket case brain damage uh, we're, we're going to talk about that a little later on in the show so I mean if you haven't watched these movies yet, I mean, we're live right now. I don't know what you can do about that. That put put them on in the background while you listen to us. I guess I don't know. Yeah, and then we'll we'll spoil everything but the first forty five minutes for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. All right, Sam. Before we get to that, though, we got some uh, screaming mad news to talk about. Yeah, we do. We do. The first thing on that screaming mad news too is: Did you guys know Supercon came to town? Like Supercon happened and it was like a record breaking year for Supercon. Yeah. There was a f- one or two people that showed up to it this year. Yeah. Yeah. One, two or like 10, over 10,000. <laughs> yeah. It was insane. Um, That was, it, it was, I mean, it was a great weekend. It mm-hmm. was just, it was fantastic. Um, Still kind of not sure if all of it for real happened. Um, or if it was just like a few, I have had no sleep all weekend kind of state, Mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was an experience. Yeah. I still don't think I fully have fully processed Supercon weekend yet because I mean, for us, it started literally Thursday night at like six, seven o'clock. We met one of my favorite bands too, unrelated to Supercon. <laughs> All right, let's tell that story. Let's tell that story first before we get into the Supercon stuff. Because okay. this is this is like maybe the craziest thing that happened all weekend. Yeah. So Casey dragged me out to the the Supercon mixer, um, where you know we were like it's like guests and uh, and Supercon staff can like meet get the, Hey, how are you? Is like all, all done the night before. So that day of con, we already know each other. We're smooth. We're good to go. Yeah. Um, it's a great idea. It's also a very social event, which means I complained the entire time, um, leading up to it Mm -hmm. and then had a really good time anyways. Um, but we were, we were at the, what's the, is it the Sheridan? Whatever's attached to the, to the Sioux Falls convention center. And we were in the bar. We're having drinks with uh, with Nick Simon, Terry Taylor. You know, no big deal. And uh, <laughs> and um, I see the drummer from the Gaslight Anthem walk in, and I recognized him. And then I stared a little too long, and we made eye contact. And I awkwardly smiled and waved. And he waved back, and then he got on the elevator, and he moved on with his life. <laughs> Sam looked like Tim Curry's Pennywise trying to wave a kid over to him. Yeah, That's what it looked like. yeah. probably, probably. So, <laughs> so that happens, and I think, well, that's cool. I, they must be staying here. You know, I bet they're all probably up in their beds already. He probably was just out for, like, a smoke or something, whatever, you know? 
And not like less than five minutes later, the rest of the band walked in and I kind of did the same thing. I just stared for very like way too long. And then we made eye contact. I made eye contact with Brian Fallon, the front man. And I raised my hand. <laughs> like, like I was in class. Like, in <laughs> like I was like, can I, can I speak? Can I speak to you? And he motioned for me to like, you know, do my thing, yeah. just act like a normal human being. He's like, yeah, you know? And so I came up and like nicest dudes, mm-hmm. coolest dudes. We talked for like a couple minutes, you know, they even, I, I got a picture with three fourths of the band. Um, yeah, just the nicest people. Uh, and it was super cool. And it was probably the most I geeked out all weekend. Surprisingly. <laughs> well, I, was, I don't know. Maybe not the most, but I, it was it's up there. It's up there. Um, I was pretty sweaty. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I obviously could not hold a conversation for the rest of the night because my mind kept wandering. Um, but, you know, it was, it was a really fun night full of good conversation up until that point. I'm sure there was good conversation. My brain just wasn't in it. <laughs> Sam, uh, <laughs> we were sitting there with with uh, Nick Simon and Tony Fleeks, and we were sitting there, and all of a sudden you're like freaked out that you saw them. <laughs> I had no idea who they were. I don't think Nick, <laughs> Nick and Tony knew her, who they were, but went, probably wouldn't have recognized them. Yeah. They said, yeah, uh, we were all just very proud, proud for you. Sam. <laughs> we were just very, very happy for you. Yeah, it was, it was an experience. It was cool. I, uh, yeah, I love that band. Their new album's coming out at the end of October. Uh, I'm stoked. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty surreal meeting them. And mm-hmm. it was nice because obviously like they were in town like they were, they played the district the Friday night of Supercon, and very obviously Casey and I were busy. So I, I did not go to that show, but it was really cool getting to meet them anyways. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. And my boy, Nick Simon got me a uh, gaslight anthem t-shirt. So I got a shirt and a picture with the band. The only thing I missed was the concert. <laughs> and You have a better story than if you had just gone to the concert. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It was yeah. great. So yeah. No, I mean, uh, Supercon itself was, like I said, just kind of just a blur for us. Yeah. Like these four, th- three and a half, four days just kind of flew by together. And I don't think we fully processed everything that happened. I mean, it was yeah. it was a blast. We were very busy, obviously, with 10,000 people there. I think <laughs> yeah. even more so than previous years of us doing the film festival side of things. It was like we were go, go, go from the yeah. start. It was pretty hands-on this year from mm-hmm. our end. Like we were, we were really in the, in the shit for lack of a better term. You know, yeah. like it was, it was like, we, we were in it. It was great. It, it was fun. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a good time. I was exhausted. I crashed hard afterwards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did not. I stayed up and watched AEW. Uh, <laughs> it was Russell Dream? I think was the was yeah. the show until like ten o'clock, and then I passed Dang. out. And then, is that is Wrestle Dream where uh, Edge came, like made his first appearance uh-huh. or whatever? Yeah, yeah. I fell asleep before that, and I watched it the next day. But oh, nice, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But super. I mean, we met some awesome people. Like we said, we got to hang out with with mm-hmm. Nick and Tony all week. Uh, oh yeah. Weekend, we got to do an awesome panel with them that was very well yeah. received and well attended i think that was awesome uh, yeah I, that was one of the highlights of our fest this year yeah. i think 
I kept telling them, like, we're going to have a full mm-hmm. room, and neither one of them believed me, but we did. We had, we had a full room, yeah. yeah. It was it was good, and it was a good panel, too. Like, it, 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 you know. Learned a lot uh, about mm-hmm. screenwriting. Uh, Nick, I don't know where you got that book, but apparently it's sold out on the website. So yeah. if you can hook us up with where you found that book, let us know. Yeah. But, uh, speaking of books, I'm going to use that as a, as a segue. Yes. I'm going to, I guess we'll get back to our guests in a second. I'm using this as yeah. a segue to Supercon stuff we bought. Yeah. Literally, I didn't buy, I bought one thing for myself at Supercon. <laughs> and it, I assume I have the same thing? Yeah. Yeah. It is, uh, Nick brought like the coolest thing, in my opinion, of any guest to bring. He yeah. brought uh, his screenplay for Untitled Horror Movie that he wrote al- alongside uh, Luke Baines. So I'm, I'm pumped to dig into this where yeah i mean we're friends with nick simon we love this movie we played it two years ago yeah we played it our first year doing it yeah uh and then he also gave us a copy of girl in the photographs which oh yeah maybe we should we should do a nick simon episode episode. we should do a nick simon we should maybe just have him on to do a nick simon episode i don't know if we should let's just have nick on he can review his own movie (laughs) (laughs) hey if any He's the most honest about his movies out of anybody. Like, mm-hmm. I I love Nick. Yeah. So that's uh, literally all I purchased. Um, and then I got, I guess the only other thing from Supercon I got was uh, some DVDs that I'm not going to show. Oh yeah, the sure. the spines. Yep the uh, the our our uh, buddy AJ Chambers who played Attack of the he directed Attack of the Fifty Foot Sphincter. Which closed down her Friday night in glorious fashion. I yep. think the crowd liked it. The, I think we talked. We teased it last episode that AJ was on. Uh, yep. The crowd. I gave him a warning. I played a yep. video beforehand. Gave him plenty of time to leave. I'm proud of that crowd. They all stayed through it, mm-hmm. and I think they all had a good time. Yeah, they were all laughing with it. Like yep. it was very much uh, like it was a communal experience. It was great. Um, yeah, Attack of the Fifty Foot Sphincter rules and. It is on YouTube, so check yeah. it out. Check it out. It's mm-hmm. it's incredible. Give our give our uh, buddy AJ some love. Yeah. All right, Sam. What else did you purchase from Supercon? I also oh, you, got, you got the. Okay. Yeah, I, I ended up okay. going back and getting it because I was like, I the thing that got me was like he has pretty much the whole movie storyboarded back here. Yeah, and, it's the the girl in the photographs script and storyboards from. Yeah, and so I you know like I love. I like the visual aspect of, uh, of filmmaking. I'm that's another thing I've been doobie doing. I've been dabbling in some animation recently and uh, storyboard animatics and things. And so uh, I just, I thought it'd be a good resource and a, a fun way to uh, support, support Nick. Cause mm-hmm. he's awesome. Um, I also, no, I'm going to save that for, for, for last. I, I got the new oh, bad yeah. hand book. From That's our buddy Doug my, Murano. In my box. I didn't buy it though. Came yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've only gotten to the first story in this so far, just because it's been a crazy couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, this rules. I can't wait to read the rest of them. Like the first story was just incredible. Teenage love story meets Lovecraft. Ah, it was like, we, yeah. We need to have Doug on again soon. Yes. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I did buy Stray Dogs from Tony Fleece. Oh, I had that too. I guess yeah. I did purchase 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, I'm very excited. Um, the premise of this is insane, mm-hmm. and uh, I I love it, and I love dogs. So like, I feel like this is gonna be a win. I'm mm-hmm. excited. Um, for <laughs> you found a Hellraiser, yeah, Hellbound VHS <laughs> VHS box set. I was like, I gotta get this. Um, and then literally at the one booth that had like two VHS. Yeah. Yeah. And what was the other one? Oh yeah. It was uh dream warriors, but I already have that one. So, yeah. yep. Um, I also, I got the little burger King Wolfman to go with my Frankenstein mm-hmm. that I got when I was a kid and I'm excited. Now I really want to find the rest of these and have the whole collection. Um, so I'm going to be on the lookout for Burger King Universal Monster Toys. <laughs> eBay, eBay, Sam. eBay. Um, I also got this wonderful, cool, customized license plate yeah. signed by both Caroline and Bob. Bob is in orange. It's a little harder to see, but he's there. Uh, cool stuff. They were so awesome. It was mm-hmm. wonderful to meet them. I got Chopping Mall Blu-ray signed by Kelly. And yes, in case you guys were wondering, it does say I am the best. So Sam's the best. That's coming from Kelly Maroney, not me. I'm mm-hmm. I'm apparently the best. That's your new nickname for the show. It's no longer <laughs> Sam the Damned, it's Sam yeah. the Best. Sam the Best. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, and then also I have been wanting one of these ever since she like posted them on her Instagram story. I got a little mini killbot from yeah. Kelly. Yeah. And she signed the base. And it's so great. It's just sitting on my little workstation. And it just keeps me company while I am doing all of it's, my creative stuff. It's just telling you to have a nice day, Sam. It's telling me to have a nice day. And I have. So it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Yeah, I mean, one of the other highlights was the people you just mentioned there. Kelly Maroney, Caroline Williams, Bob Elmore. We did a yep. main stage panel with all... Yeah. three of them which uh, i think was one of the highlights for me of the festival because oh easily we got to talk about so many different movies and projects that they worked on like mm-hmm. we we got a we got a freaking space balls story from yes bob elmore like how cool is that who he was the the stunt double for john candy in a bunch of movies mm-hmm. caroline told us about working with rob zombie on, on halloween, halloween too yeah Oh Kel- man! Kelly Maroney may or may not have blasted uh, Sean Penn. Sean Penn. <laughs> ah, she to be called there. him a poser. It was so good. <laughs> it was so good. Oh, I loved it. Um, yeah, I, I seriously, I know that they have a video of that somewhere. I cannot wait yeah. until that is in our hands because once, yeah, once I we have it, that. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use whatever magic I have. Yeah, to, uh, just post it on our stuff. On screens, yeah. On screens, yeah. socials, and maybe our YouTube. Absolutely. Yeah, so be on the lookout for that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, yeah, we're over the moon about how that panel went. Um, I think both Casey and I got told by different people on that panel that uh, it was a really good one. And uh, one of the better ones that they'd done. And so mm-hmm. that was, that's just, I don't know. That's always incredible feedback. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I was grinning like a 12 year old boy the entire time we were on stage though like i could not contain my smile (laughs) 
yeah, here comes my other Wayne's World reference for for this episode because I got to have one an episode. <laughs> Sam was like Garth's dream sequence in the in the in the <laughs> in the donut shop. Yep, where he starts singing "Foxy Foxy Lady." Yep, 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 one hundred percent. I was just yeah, I couldn't stop. I was just I I'd catch myself and then I'd be like, okay, have a normal look on your face, and like two <laughs> seconds later, it was just back, and I was like, yep. whatever, this is this is what we're doing. Yep. <laughs> uh, and then we had our big uh, local filmmakers showcase, which kind of has become in the last. I mean, every year has gotten bigger, but mm-hmm. for sure in the last two years has be kind of, kind of become our like main event for the film yeah. festival. And we packed the room to capacity. We had what it was a dozen, 10, 10 to 12 filmmaker, local filmmakers yeah. in attendance and then taking part in a panel afterwards. And yeah, yeah, I mean, it was a blast. It was awesome to showcase everyone's movie and giving local talent time to shine alongside the feature films that we got to play from Kelly, yeah. Kelly and Caroline and Bob. Yeah. Which those went over really well too. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to my, uh, my mom for uh, your never mo- having your, your mom was the film festival MVP this year. She made yeah. it through TCM sortie babes too. And, and our late night shorts. And our late night shorts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She, yeah. I, I can't, I genuinely can't believe it, but that, Mom was a trooper this year. Yep, she made it. <laughs> I should have known after she sat through Manos, the hands of fate. <laughs> At least we were making fun of that movie. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, final thoughts, Supercon. I mean. Um, I just, it was a dream come true to work with our horror guests this year. Like, I mean, we did a whole episode dedicated to Kelly Maroney. Mm-hmm my favorite movie ever is chopping mall. Like it's the movie and, I just put on. Like and she recognized us from Halloween of Palooza and she did recognize the name of our podcast right away. Yep. Yep. It was pretty cool. Um, yeah, it was yeah, just, it was incredible. She is legitimately one of the nicest people. So mm-hmm. awesome. And so very, very gracious to, to her fans. All three of them were like, I just yeah. kept, we kept like hanging out. That was kind of our hangout inside the main hall. area and like it was just they always had people up talking to them and yeah yeah it It was was great i think i think all three of them had a good time Mm -hmm. at supercon and i i could see them all coming back at some point in the future too which is cool Mm -hmm. it's always i don't know it's always good when when any guest um that we bring in has a good experience like that but I don't know. It just meant uh, it just meant a lot to have these three come and mm-hmm. enjoy themselves, and I really hope that we do get them back at some point because they were all awesome to work with. Here's to bigger somehow bigger and better next year, twenty twenty four. We're gonna try twenty thousand, baby. <laughs> Can't oh maybe not that much, but oh, I hope not. Let's let's settle for like. 12,000. 12,000 yeah. 12, is a good number to aim yep. for. <laughs> yep. So we're obviously we'll keep talking about this as news drops. Um, we already know some stuff, but we can't say we're not going to say, yeah. I'm going to tell you nothing. You got to uh, wait. We, we know some really exciting stuff. It's yeah. been really hard to keep our mouths shut about yeah. it. Uh, so yeah. 
We know things for next year, and we're excited, so that means you should be excited. Yeah, we'll leave we're it at really that. excited. So, <laughs> speaking of being excited about stuff, we watched at SuperCon. This one had nothing to do with SuperCon, besides the fact we just put it on the big screen in the film room because <laughs> the trailer just dropped. We're talking about the Toxic Avenger trailer, yes, which is perfect. It it's sets perfect. The, it sets the tone for exactly what you want it to be. We were like yelling at the screen, like hoping they would show the Toxic Avenger, Peter Dinklage's version yep. and they never do and it was like oh now we got to watch the movie to get, <laughs> get the full version yeah this Honestly, looks incredible i hope they don't put out a single other thing for this movie like oh i, I would bet think that... they probably want I, I if they do they're not showing dinklage in it because yeah. if they did it would have been here yeah i feel like yeah but I, I don't know. I'm so excited. Like this movie looks incredible. Um, I haven't finished it yet, but I did start the Toxic Avenger, the uh, original one. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh my god, that movie is insane. I love it. Yeah. Once once this new one uh, comes out, we'll do a. We'll do we'll do the. Maybe we'll try to do all four. I don't know if we can. Because there's a trilogy, right? From there's the four of them. Oh, you're not talking about with the new one. Like with the new one will be the fifth, the fifth Toxic Avenger movie. Yeah. Oh damn! I yeah. didn't know that. That's our cool. our buddy Blake Ginnathan, who will be on the podcast next time we do this. Yeah. Uh, he he loves Toxic Avenger four. Like that's his go to Toxic. Okay. Avenger. So. Okay. Yeah. We'll do it. We'll do that episode the once this new one comes out. Yes, absolutely. All right, and then the last piece of screaming mad news: Terrifier three. It is officially coming. We we kind of knew that it was coming already. Uh, Terrifier 2 is getting a re-release in theaters uh, November 1st, correct? Yep, November 1st. And they are going to have a sneak peek preview of Terrifier 3, which from what uh, Damien Leone has said online... It's, it's a not two just plus what, minute trick? Yeah, it's not just a little tease. It's not... Art will re- Art the clown will return. It's a f- <laughs> it's not unfinished CGI footage of the Hulk saving people from a burning building. No, it is one hundred percent a full two two plus minute long trailer for Terrifier three. Yeah, we can't wait. That might be the time we do Terrifier one and two. Who knows? Mm, yeah, mm. yeah. I don't. I'm not looking forward to rewatching the first one, but. I'll watch the second one anytime. The second mm-hmm. one has become an anytime movie, dude. We should we like, should go to that re-release. Re- we should obviously. we should just plan on an opening night. Like let's just go see it on the first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's Wednesday just do it. night. Let's be there. Yep. Boom. All right. What's 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 next? What do we got next, Sam? How does this next, work? I get to ask my favorite question. Casey, what have you been doobie doing? Besides Supercon, what else have I been doobie doing? I I finally had a day off Sunday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we, all I did was watch a bunch of movies and do laundry, which is like the perfect day for me, oh, yeah. even with the laundry. Uh, <laughs> the first thing that we watched, though, uh, uh, we watched Halloween Town, which kind of has always been a reoccurring every Halloween season movie for me. Uh, obviously it played all the time on Disney channel Mm -hmm. in the late nineties, early two thousands, gave it a rewatch. I, how do you criticize this movie? How can (laughs) I criticize this movie? Is it good? No. Is it like nostalgic and like everything I want in a Disney 
channel original movie. Yes. It's yeah. exactly everything I want there. Uh, Debbie Reynolds is great in this movie. I think she's so much fun. I think the overall look of how the official Halloween town is awesome. Like I've always wanted to visit there. I want since I was a kid, I was like, I need to go see that pumpkin in Halloween town. Yeah. The thing I love in this movie though, is like, it's so cheap and so very <laughs> cable TV, TV movie that the people in Halloween town just wear masks. Yeah. It's like, he's supposed to be a spooky goblin, but it's like a god. Goblin man, dude, in a goblin. But mask. it's a dude like in a t-shirt and jeans, and like he doesn't have goblin hands. Like he has normal human hands. And that's yeah. literally like everyone in this movie. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. I those movies. Yeah, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I haven't, I haven't watched any except for the first one in a while. Oh. But like the first one is like very much a yearly thing yeah. here. Halloween Town Two, Calabar's Revenge, like legit uh, rules it's yeah. a pretty pretty damn good movie yeah i used to yeah i used to love those on disney channel so mm-hmm. yeah i mean if you're a 90s kid like us like it's a yeah you you can't go wrong with halloween town nostalgia goggles right <laughs> yeah. uh next up a movie from 2005 i finally watched i i had seen parts of this before kayla really likes this movie she's like i can't believe you have never seen this before it is I'm Lion. a little surprised myself, to be honest. That I've never seen this? Yeah. I've seen bits and pieces of it on TV, because it was on TV all the time. I mean, But I've never watched it beginning to end. Okay. That makes... I guess that makes sense. I was like... Because this movie was, like, huge when you and I were, like, preteens getting into horror, you know? Mm-hmm. That is 2005's Ryan Reynolds-led The Amityville Horror. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I... I haven't watched this movie since probably middle school and or early high school, but I loved it back then. <laughs> I'm a I'm a big fan of the original Amityville Horror. I think it is a genuinely terrifying movie that I would put right up there with like The Omen or uh the maybe not quite on the Exorcist level, but in that same vibe. Hmm. Uh, this one though has that Platinum Dunes really <laughs> glossy, but maybe a little overproduced yeah vibe the biggest thing i i think the production design is really good i think the house looks great obviously it's very iconic i like the introduction of the boathouse yes yeah (laughs) she's actually really she's really good in this movie yeah yeah uh she plays like she's the daughter daughter, right the daughter yep that's she's the the one that kind of yeah figures everything out the ghost are just not memorable. I don't know if I needed to see them because like in the original Amityville horror, it's very much you leave everything up to your own imagination. Mm-hmm. This one just kind of shows you everything and there's not a whole lot of subtlety. And no. I think the, the biggest culprit is Ryan Reynolds. I, I like Ryan Reynolds. I think he's severely miscast in this movie though, because he goes from like quippy Ryan Reynolds to like angry dad within scenes. And he goes back and forth very quickly. And it's not really character progression or, you know, him losing his mind or falling victim to the house. It's just poor, poor writing or Ryan Reynolds throwing in a quip when he shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, he should have gone one way or the other. 
I think he's <sighs> he's trying to do both and probably should have just leaned towards playing straight man in this movie and not having the Ryan Reynolds quips. Yeah. And just played it straight. I feel like for him, that's him trying to be like the everyman type of thing. And maybe that worked back when like not everybody really knew Ryan Reynolds. Cause like this is 2005. Like I know he's already done like Van Wilder and waiting and all that. Yeah. But like he's still just, this is before like Green Lantern and Deadpool and all mm -hmm. of that like shot him into the stratosphere. Um, and so I wonder if that's just like his everyman switch. But now it's just like, well, that's Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mm -hmm. wonder if watching it now is actually more like, oh, what is he doing? Because, like, we've gotten so used to that shtick. Like, we've mm -hmm. gotten so used to him. It probably didn't help. I watched Waiting, like, two weeks ago, too, and I still had <laughs> yeah. that, Ryan Reynolds. But I, he, he leans into it maybe a little too much in this movie. Is yeah. it a terrible movie? No. Is it a classic? No, it's a 2005 remake of the Amityville horror. My hot take and granted, this is a hot take from when I was like, probably like 12 or okay. whatever, you know, when this came out, I liked this. I, I bought a two pack of the original in this one. I like this one more. I used to, I used to put this mm. one on all the time over the old one, which was rare for me. Even back then, like even back then I was more, usually into like 70s and 80s horror more so than the new stuff like i didn't like a lot of new stuff but i loved a lot of the 70s and 80s stuff so i don't know that was me back then though it was ryan, I, it was ryan's abs i get it i mean he does look good in this movie <laughs> he's but he's just suburban dad yep suburban dad right <laughs> Uh, my favorite part is in the third act where he like comes up and he's like fully possessed he's in pissed off dad mode and he has the shotgun and he just cocks it one handed mm -hmm. I'm just like god that's such like a it's just a brutal moment you're like oh my god like no don't shotgun your family like oh I, <laughs> I love it I love that movie <laughs> maybe we'll do an Amityville <laughs> <laughs> we should we actually should an idea for a podcast i had was calling it the amityville podcast and just talk about every single amityville movie yeah we we'd we'd have a lot to talk about yeah but like i jump out a window by like episode four <laughs> once we can like do this this show steadily and like can quit our day jobs and never yeah. have to do anything but watch shitty Amityville movies. We'll start the Amityville podcast. There we go. Yeah, it'll be like our, our bonus podcast when yep. Scream starts actually making money. Yeah. 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 Anyway, moving on. Anyway. <laughs> uh, I have new releases here on my next couple ones. I'll save the one I know we both watched. Oh, um, yeah. For... We have different opinions on this one, too. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'll kick it kick it off with a, a movie you have have said you refuse to watch. It is Winnie the Pooh: Blood and Honey, which is on Peacock right now. Finally watched it. I was, I mean, intrigued to watch it. I I kind of knew what I was gonna get into, but I was <laughs> yeah. at least intrigued to watch like the Winnie the Pooh slasher movie. And that's I think the the whole reason it made it to theaters at all, and is getting any sort of traction. Like it's on Peacock right now, which is kind of like. Peacock goes all out in October, mm -hmm. I think, uh, maybe more so than any of the other streaming services that aren't straight yeah. up horror related. 
Well, and Peacock has like weird stuff on there too. Like they yeah. have some really out there B movie, like low budget stuff. Mm-hmm. Peacock's great. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey is not. Surprise, <laughs> surprise. <laughs> Who would have known? The the movie peaks for me. So spoilers for Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. I'm gonna tell you spoilers because I don't think you're gonna watch this movie. I don't care. I yeah. will never watch this. The movie opens with like hand drawings of like explaining the relationship between Pooh and Tigger and Eeyore <laughs> and Piglet with Christopher Robin. Okay. They're basically telling the, the Winnie the Pooh story we all know. Mm-hmm. And then it says Christopher Robin started to grow up. He went to college and had to leave them there to fend for themselves. And during the first winter, they start to get hungry because he used to bring them food. And so Pooh decided to eat Eeyore. <laughs> And, no. from that, and from that day day forth, they, they vowed not to speak again and kill Christopher Robin if he ever returned. Oh my god, that's one, so one of the funniest dumb. things is like they draw <laughs> they draw a grave for, for Eeyore. <laughs> they, they ate him and then they buried him, apparently. But oh there's god. like a, a, a wooden tombstone above it and it has his tail pinned to it. <laughs> god and i was hoping that was the vibe for the rest of the movie like kind of tongue-in-cheek like oh my god they hate eeyore like yeah that's hilarious no that's not this movie it's 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 just a boring generic slasher that Mm -hmm. just so happens to have winnie the pooh and piglet as the as the strangers instead of the strangers yeah yeah it's 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 what it is there's some fun gore effects there's some fun kills little too much cgi in those kills and a lot of them i don't know why because they do use a lot of real blood and practical effects but there is some cgi in it too and apparently Pooh controls bees in this movie because honey oh like, like telepathically controls bees i don't think it makes sense i didn't know that was part of the winnie the pooh lore yeah but he he controls bees that's dumb it is dumb. Uh, yeah, I would not recommend it unless you're like, I, I want to watch the Winnie the Pooh slasher movie. Then go for it. Whatever. I watched it. It happened. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pooh can control bees. Yes, that's what I said. Look, look out, Nicolas Cage. Uh, next up, did you, I don't know if you watched this one at all. Uh, it is one of the Hulu, one of Hulu and uh, what is it? 20th Century Studios big releases right now it is yeah. no one will save you from uh what's 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 oh what's the guy uh brian duffield brian D- yeah. Duffield. yep writer of underwater and director of spontaneous yes um he also did he also wrote love and monsters from yes. last year with dylan o'brien which is another just top notch like it's great it's mm-hmm. good stuff this movie is the the buzz I've been hearing about it, not no pun intended on bees there, uh, <laughs> was that you're either going to love this movie or you're just going to not vibe with it. Because the whole concept of it is it's an alien invasion movie, but there's no dialogue. Yeah, yeah. And either you're in or you're out on that. I was I was in for the most part. There's the the gimmick of it wears a little bit thin by the second half of the movie where it's like it just becomes a gimmick instead of progressing the story forward. Like 
like if it was like you can't talk because the aliens will hear you that makes sense Mm -hmm. instead it's just no one's talking because that's the gimmick yeah and like even if they did that a quiet place did it first you know what i mean like yeah yeah Mm mm-hmm so I started this movie and I didn't like shut it off or anything. It's not like I didn't like it. Like I enjoyed the first half of it. I just, I think I started it post Supercon because didn't it come out like Supercon weekend? Yeah. Yeah. I started it post Supercon. Mm-hmm. I fell asleep. <laughs> yeah. I woke up to a very different movie auto playing on Hulu, <laughs> which was jarring to say the least. <laughs> um, the aliens. I was like, Oh my God. Like, this is a lot gorier and darker than I remember yeah. it being like. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, the the first 45 minutes of it are very good. Mm-hmm. Very good. Well, that being said, like the gimmick wears thin by the end. I'll, I'll agree with that. I still really enjoyed this movie. I liked mm-hmm. it a lot. Uh, it, it reminds me of Dark Skies a little bit, which is a movie I talked about a okay. few episodes yep. ago. And I didn't care for that. This one does that concept of the alien invasion to a like suburban house perfectly. I think I... This this one does what Dark Skies was was trying to do. I, I it definitely leans into some Lovecraft vibes as well, like nice. a Lovecraft alien invasion type of movie. There's also like some creepy ness in this. Like Brian Duffield really yeah. understands like sci-fi horror. Yeah. And well, it's cool because the aliens are like actual grays in it. Yeah. Like they're just they're the grays. They're the gray aliens. They're like, what you think of when you say alien. Yeah, it's so great. Like, I feel like those are inherently scary because, mm-hmm. like, that's just the modern, like, well, not even the modern, like, that's just what we've considered aliens to be for so long. Mm-hmm. It's shocking to me that we don't have more horror movies where it's just that because to me, that's like 10 times scarier. To me, it's like, oh, this feels like it could actually happen because this is what I imagine, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. There's a final boss alien that I'm not going to spoil. Okay. But when it when when the final boss alien shows up, I'm like, yes. God, I can't this. wait for yeah. the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man to show up. He's there. <laughs> no, that, I I really enjoyed this movie. I it, will it make my top ten? I don't. Maybe. I, I I really liked it. I think it's definitely worth the watch. It's not like, I don't know. It's not like the most revolutionary horror movie ever made. But I think there's enough there that no matter who you are, you'll at least get something out of it. Mm-hmm. I don't think people will outright hate it, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Uh, and then my last one is one that we both watched. We mm-hmm. have very, I know we have very different opinions on this. Mm-hmm. There's a million things to watch right now on streaming and theaters, especially for horror. This uh, this episode's dropping on Friday the 13th, so happy Friday the 13th to, yeah. to, to everyone out there. We'll be at Halloween to Palooza. More on that later. But there's so much to watch, and I decided to watch the new Pet Cemetery. We both did. Yeah. Watch Pet Cemetery Bloodlines, a terrible title. This Dang. movie... <laughs> so <laughs> this movie's a, pre- <laughs> a prequel to the was it 20 was it 2019 mm-hmm. remake of 2019 of pet, yep of pet cemetery this this tells the story that uh judd tells about uh someone from from the town of ludlow that was a vietnam vet that was brought back to life v- via the pet cemetery mm-hmm. 
And the story he tells there is very a very abbreviated version of that. It's basically a dad buries his son in the pet cemetery who was in the army, comes back to life and kills people and then burns them in a fire. Yeah. And this one we get the entire like what really happened type of thing. Yeah. Except for like Okay, here's where like I don't like slagging on movies, so I'm not like there are good it's things. Okay, I'll about, pick it back up. I'll pick there, it back up. There are good things about this movie. Like I'll get that out of the way. Like I loved all the adult performances, even if I think most of the adults are kind of wasted in this. Um, yeah, like Dave, like David Duchovny doesn't have a whole lot to do. Neither no. does uh, Pam Greer. It's like wh- why is she? No, I, like I liked her. I liked her in this movie. I like her in this movie, but like, it's just, there's nothing. It's a nothing burger. Um, (laughs) I, uh, I, it stretches like one chapter of pet cemetery into an entire, I mean, yeah, it's like, it's Judd's monologue, which in the book is a little bit longer, maybe a little more detailed. They add some characters in. Um, I liked that this had a native American presence in it. Um, just yeah. because like the book uses a lot of Native American lore, it feels weird to have it only centered around white people. Yeah, I was gonna so, say all three all three previous Pet Cemetery movies are pretty Yeah white character heavy. I know they, they changed uh uh what's the what's the the character that, that died the, the, the oh, college Victor uh yeah. Victor Victor Pascal, yeah. Pascal, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, the movie deals with like Indian burial grounds and the Wendigo, and like that's mm-hmm. the real pet cemetery, and they don't have any, yeah, like native characters, which is weird. And I think that's the, the biggest improvement this movie makes on, yes, what they could have added to this story. I I like it. I think it's I think it's good. Um, I think that I think the. Uh, I forget the character's name and the actress's name, but the, well, no, I won't spoil it. The The Native American, like, teen girl mm-hmm. in this is incredible. Yeah, she's, she's great. so good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, there were things I liked about it. I just, ultimately, like, so much of this movie feels very boring and not, like, it just doesn't move forward mm. for me. And maybe it's because, like, having read the book, having seen all the movies, yeah. you kind of know where this movie is going. And to me, there's just not enough surprises along the way for it to be like all that engaging. Mm. I, I feel like it's like, yeah, I mean, I'm okay just listening to Judd's monologue from the other one. Like it, it just, it gets more to the point, you know, like. <sighs> I think forever. So everyone else agrees with you. Every review I've seen is like two and a half, two stars. Yeah. And like, right around there. For me, yeah. this is one of my favorite horror movies of the year. I'm I glad. liked this movie <laughs> a lot. A lot more than I was probably expecting to. I gave it three and a half out of five. I think it's just because I love the Pet Cemetery universe. And I would l- listen or watch any story in that. Like the OG Pet Cemetery movie, for me, is arguably the best Stephen King movie. I put it right up there with The Shining for me. Like it's, it's right up there, right next to it. Like it's yeah. that good in my opinion. Oh, it's a and, personal favorite of mine yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I talked about all three of them on the podcast at one point, but 
I, I love those movies and I love that world. And I, I think this one just kind of seamlessly fits in there. Is it necessary for you to watch this movie if you watch the, the remake or even the original? I mean, no, you're still going to get the same thing out of it. But if you enjoy that world and you want a little more mm-hmm. into like why the town is the way the town is, like my favorite part of this movie is when they go back to the formation of yeah. Wadlow. The flashbacks are pretty cool and very gruesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I would, I'd watch a whole movie about like where oh. the pet cemetery originated and like how the town formed and maybe some other, st- maybe set something in like the late 1800s and do a story then. Yeah, absolutely. I would, I would watch, that's the thing. I would watch a bunch of movies in this. This one didn't necessarily work for me all the way, but like, I'd still say it's worth a watch if you're a mm-hmm. Stephen King fan, especially if you're a Pet Cemetery fan, especially if you like the remake, because I feel like tonally it shares a lot of similarities with that one. I like this more than the remake. Oh, I don't. I For think sure. it makes. I think it sure. makes way better. The only this. thing missing <laughs> in this movie, there's no Ramones needle drop yeah. at the credits. Like, come on, you had one job. That said, the final like thirty seconds is so frustrating to me because the final thirty seconds hit the tone that I wanted from the get-go in this movie. Like, it just, it worked. I was like... Plug plug your ears, listeners, for like one minute. What? what? One minute. Okay. My, okay. Minor spoilers, because you kind of know what's going to happen. When, Je- when Judd, Jackson White as Judd, accepts his fate, and there's the, like monologue the voiceover going over and it's essentially like his same speech to lewis yeah but after all of this has happened and he's sitting on his porch and he's lighting the cigarette and he's assuming the position that we like know him from from the like the book from the movies like and he ends it with like a stay the fuck out of ludlow and then like i'm just like where was that energy and that like I don't know like I don't know to me I was just like that was where the movie all of a sudden like picked with, up it fit tonally with the rest of the movie they they were setting that up the entire movie as yeah, if this but, is where Judd's gonna end up yeah I get that. and they also tease that damn semi like five different times in this movie it's like we get it we saw the movie <laughs> yeah we read the I book know. we know a semi is gonna run over a little child you don't have to keep bringing it up Honestly, with as many times as they showed the semi, I was like expecting someone to get flattened at some point, and no one did. It, literally, within <laughs> it the first was just 30, because they wanted to put the a first, semi. Within the first thirty seconds and the last thirty seconds, they do the stupid yeah. semi flying by. Yep, it's dumb. Yep. It's, yeah. Anyway. I see. I I think it's. I liked it as a bookend. I, they did it like two or three more times throughout, mm-hmm. though, and I was like, okay, it's enough. It's enough with we get semis. <laughs> so, yeah. A minor recommendation from me. Still go watch Big it. recommendation. You might, you might like it like Casey. Um, I really wanted to like it. And gonna the be reviews top, did not turn my, me off. It's going to be in my top ten. It is. Yeah, I, I imagine. I, like, and the, the reviews didn't even turn me off of it. Like, I have, I mean... One of my favorite Craven movies is my soul to take. When I see a 10% on the tomato meter, I'm like, let's go, baby. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. This one just didn't work for me. All right, Sam, what about you? What else have you been doobie doing besides watching Pet Cemetery, Bloodlines, the final chapter? One that you didn't put on yours that I know you watched because I sat next to you the whole time you hated it. 
um, is Sunshine. Is it, a, is it a horror movie? It is in the last 30 minutes. <laughs> it's a slasher. Uh, uh. Um, this is the first time watch for both of us, right? It's for, yeah, our, buddy, uh, it was for uh, our buddy Blake's. Yeah. Danny Boyle's Sunshine. We watched yeah. at our, our buddy Blake's birthday bash at the State Theater. Yep. There was probably, what, 50 people? Yeah. Yeah. Blake packed there. the place. It was great. Uh, I was the only one that hated it, I think. Uh, there were a few people that didn't care for it, at least. Um, but yeah, it was totally my shit. I loved it. Uh, <laughs> I was surprising, like, surprising to me, actually. I don't know. I was just like super into this movie from the first frame. Uh, it, it's like, it's very abstract, which sometimes does not work for me. Like I did not like Skinamarink, which mm-hmm. part of the reason I didn't like it was because it just was too abstract. I was like, no, nah, I just don't, I, I don't gel with it. I'm I'm a big fan of space though, and I think like <laughs> I really am. <laughs> I love space, and I love movies about space, and like, yeah. I just I don't know. I dug this. It was I I I could have a smarter conversation than this about Sunshine, but like I don't want to spend too much time on it. All I'll say is like I really liked it, and um I kind of forgive Danny Boyle for whatever yesterday was, um. Why would you make a Beatles movie and edit on Ed Sheeran's song? Are you freaking kidding me, Danny Boyle? Um, hey, Ed Sheeran rules. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> I I really liked Sunshine. Thanks for playing it, Blake. Uh, finally got to check that off my watch list. Uh, here's one that I thought I'd never be singing the praises of. Okay. If you would have told me six months ago that I would hate the okay, not hate, but I would not vibe with the new pet cemetery. But I would really like the latest Disney family horror. I tell you, you were like smoking something like heavy. Um, but here I am telling you, I did not care for Pet Cemetery Bloodlines, but the new Haunted Mansion movie, I really dug. Um, I, like, I've never been on the ride. The, my introduction to it was the Eddie Murphy movie, mm-hmm. which like is not good, but nostalgia kind of like at least i don't know i still watch it every once in a while i'm like this isn't good but i still kind of have fun with it mm-hmm. um this one i i don't know i thought it was legitimately good i think lakeith stanfield is giving an incredible performance in this there's a lot of emotional heft to what he is doing um and i really like the supporting cast i think tiffany haddish danny devito owen wilson like all of them are very funny to me. I, I was laughing uh, throughout this. It didn't totally feel like a Disney movie to me. And I think part of that was it was just like it dealt with some really dark stuff. Like it very much dealt with grief and the afterlife and what happens in the beyond. And I just, I don't know. I love those themes anyways. Um, so it just, it felt a little bit more mature to me. I liked it a lot. And uh, yeah, it covers up Jared Leto with CG and it modifies his voice so you don't even know it's Jared Leto. Well, and a lot of people will see that's what a lot of people are saying. And a lot of people are like using that as a knock against the film. And I'm like, anytime I don't have to see or hear Jared Leto, it's a win. So I'd rather he be in more movies like this. But it's, if he's going to be in movies at all, <laughs> it's scarier if you don't see or hear him and you don't realize it's him. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Um, <laughs> that's the true haunted terror of the of the haunted man <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, when I watched when I when I watched the trailer, like I was like, this looks genuinely like creepy and scary. There's some and... genuinely creepy stuff in it. Yeah. Um, it also has a lot of humor. Um, mostly yeah. derived from Danny DeVito. Like, he's he's the he's the comic relief. Whenever okay, things start hear. getting yeah. too heavy, Danny DeVito comes in with a line that just like, like there were multiple times where I was like wiping tears, and then Danny DeVito would say something, and I just start dying laughing. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it, it's, I had a lot of fun with this one. Um, I, it's not dark Disney, but I think it's as close to dark Disney as we are ever going to get in this modern era. And so I kind of, I don't know. I dug it. I really liked it. Totally get why people didn't, but also, I don't know. I had yeah, fun. I'm excited to watch it. Yeah. So on the Disney plus right <laughs> Why did I put brain damage on my doobie doing? <laughs> I don't know. Why did you? I don't know. Um, I watched another new release, uh, Totally Killer on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the one with Kiernan Shipka and Julie Bowen in it. I, you know, when the trailer first dropped, a lot of people were comparing it to the final girls. I think we might have even compared it to the final girls on here. Um, when the trailer dropped, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I didn't know anything about this movie until oh, like this week. Maybe I did then. I don't know. I definitely joined the course of that. It's not the final girls. It's not. It's this movie. Totally killer is a back to the future remake. But if ABC family did it as an R rated slasher, and I mean that in the best way possible, I don't want a back to the future remake because we just got one and it kind of kicks ass. Um, I really liked this. If you've seen Back to the Future, you know the beats. But like, I don't know. I just, I got a lot of mileage out of this. Um, I wish the deaths were more practical gore and less like CG stabbing and CG blood. But that's where the kind of like ABC family made for TV vibe kind of comes in. Um, So if you can at least vibe with that, then you're going to have a good time with this. I feel like. Um... It's part Mean Girls, which is like when she goes back in time and like is trying to find the killer to save her mom in like the present day. Her mom back in the 80s is like the queen bee and is like a horrible person. (laughs) And there's so much humor derived from it. Like at one point, like at one point very early on in the movie, her own mom, like in teen form, tells her to F off and die. And like, I don't know. I I had a blast with this. Uh, it got a it got a bunch of big laughs from me. I don't think it hits like the emotional weight the same way that something like Happy Death Day or um, the Final Girls does. Uh, but it doesn't need to because like there's some really funny humor in this, um, especially derived from like the generational gap where you know a teen today has grown up post nine eleven and is used to just like security measures paranoia like oh like you can't get in without blah 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 and she goes back to the 80s and she's basically able to just like get personal records and like basically do whatever she wants Mm -hmm. because no one cares and uh there's just a lot of humor derived from that kind of stuff and i i don't know it's it it took some unexpected uh those unexpected choices i thought and i liked it what would you call that like genre of slashers? Like the final girls and happy death day and freaky. Yeah. 
because it's almost like this modern wave of like teen slasher but mm -hmm. they're they're not just teen slasher they're like genre bending teen slashers you mm -hmm. know they're not all time travel but they're all kind of like have some know. sort of other gimmick besides yeah. just being a slasher yeah i don't know i like I know you don't have as much mileage with those. Like I know that. Yeah, they... those are always like hit or miss for me. Yeah. Whereas like. Like I love Final just... Girls. I like the first Happy Death Day. I didn't like mm -hmm. Happy Death Day Two or Freaky. I love Tragedy Girls, which I don't would maybe fall on that same kind of yeah vibe. That one's just a darker version of yeah. these. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like all of those movies. TikTok all slashers? Like, I don't know. Right. Yeah, sure. We'll call them TikTok slashers. That's a terrible name. But <laughs> I love them. I really do. And I think this one is I think this one is a really good entry into it. I mean, it's it's either for most tic, people it's, it's TikTok slashers or Tide Pod slashers. Like there's only like Oh, three... I love Tide Pod slashers. <laughs> We're gonna call them that from now on. Tide so, Pod slashers, yeah. Tide Pod slashers. Out of the Tide Pod slashers, it's like in the middle, you know. Okay. For most people, this is going to be a three-star movie. For me, it was a four. And honestly, if I have enough good times with this movie, it'll probably end up being a five like the rest of them. Because that's just what I do. Like I said... Sam I, I, loves his Tide Pod Slashers. I do. I love my Tide Pod Slashers. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, the last thing I watched, uh, I watched Coraline. Ah! Uh, just because I've been dabbling in stop motion. I made You've my first... You've seen it huh? before, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. I love Leica. Leica is like my favorite animation studio. Um, the only one, weirdly, that I haven't seen is Kubo and the Two Strings, which I started. I fell asleep. I have the Blu-ray, and I, for whatever reason, I have not put it back in yet. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I love Coraline. I think this is like damn near perfect children's horror flick. Really creepy, especially mm -hmm. in the third act beautiful animation um yeah very inspiring i shot my first stop motion test footage to this mm -hmm. and um <laughs> totally very different but <laughs> but yeah yeah i don't remember your mom your your monster maybe just needs some button eyes and it'll fit right <laughs> in the, the universe yeah. of Coraline. yeah yeah a giant phallic monster with tentacles mm-hmm it's right into Coraline as long as you put buttons on it. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, that. I mean, Ka Kayla's been watching that movie like every night. Coraline. So. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Button nuts. <laughs> Thanks, Andy. That's actually a good idea. That's <laughs> what so you should call your character's name too. <laughs> Button nuts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> All right, Sam, is that is that it for your your yeah. doobie doing? Your doobie done? Yep, I'm doobie done. Hey, we speaking of doobie doing, to we our... we took a picture by the 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 mystery machine. We did. It's on our yeah. socials, I think. Yeah. Just go go look at our socials. Yeah, find it. Yeah. Go find it uh, right now. All right, let's get to Mr. Frankie Frankie H. Frank Hennenlauter. We're talking yeah. Frank Hennenlauter's B movies. AKA two of the craziest movies you will you will ever watch. Well, for mm -hmm. us, I mean they're I mean they're still pretty crazy. They're still pretty I was crazy. about to say Hen and Lauder made some wild like yeah. I, 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 yeah. 
Yeah, when when you watch a Frank Henenlotter movie, you know you're watching a Frank Henenlotter movie. Yeah, I and think the only <laughs> let's start with that. Like our history with the history with Henenlotter. What was your what's your history with Frank Henenlotter? So my his like I very much am new to Frank Henenlotter, but I fell in love with this guy's filmography very quickly. Um it was probably like, I don't know, year and a half, two years ago, probably two years ago, actually, uh, when Frankenhooker got put on uh, Shutter. Mm-hmm. And I'd always wanted to watch it. Like, I'd heard of this movie and I was like, oh, yeah, Frankenhooker, it's finally here. I'm going to watch it. And I was just blown away by it. I mean, you guys know I talk about this movie about every week. Every and, <laughs> yeah, every other episode. Um, so, yeah, I really loved it. Um, immediately when I started gushing about it on socials, our, uh, buddy, Tom Devine of a comic book look, he, uh, and, and sport magazine, check out sport guys. Shout um, out Tommy D. yeah, shout out to Tommy D. He was like, dude, you should watch basket case. Like basket case is incredible. And, uh, so I did. And I was like, you're right. Basket case is incredible. And then it was like, I don't know, six months ago, I watched brain damage for the first time. Oh. And I mean, we'll get into it, but brain damage is one of my favorite recent, like first time watches, like one of my favorite recent, like experiences, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So I like, it's very boring. It's just, I didn't know Hen and Lauder and then I did know Hen and Lauder and I loved it. So that like, that's that's the journey. I just mm-hmm. I watched all three of his movies. Well, not all three, but like his three big movies in the last couple of years. I'm really excited to get to the Basket Case sequels. Um, I've heard they're crazy. So uh, and coming from him, I don't know what else you would expect. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's my history. What about you? Yeah, mine. I mean, I didn't watch him much earlier than you did. I maybe three or four years ago, I watched Basket Case. Um and yeah, kind of immediately fell in love with that movie. Still haven't gone to the sequels. I'm very bad about, for some reason, not going to the sequels of some of these movies. I really love the the I other one that too. comes. The other one that comes to mind is Maniac Cop, and I'm like, I've seen Maniac Cop like three or four times. <laughs> and I've never seen the sequels. Yep, yep. Same with Basket Case. I've probably seen it three or four times, and I'm still haven't jumped into the sequels anyway uh brain damage and i watched after that and then i will you watched frankenhooker before i did because it was your recommendation yes and then i finally watched frankenhooker and obviously that's i mean a classic was i the first one not well obviously like Corey was the first one in our group to watch frankenhooker but like was i the first one in our group besides him to watch frankenhooker i don't know you were the first one to say this is this is cinema (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's fair um, <laughs> i uh yeah i love this movie yeah the let's, let's kick things off with basket case so we're gonna go in chronological yes. order we'll leave Good. start brain with damage. the lesser one first yeah 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 we'll leave brain damage as the <laughs> i'm choosing to ignore that as, <laughs> as the main event because we saw that one on the big uh, Basket Case 1982, written directed by Frank Hennenlauter. It is about a uh, 20-something-year-old who carries around this mysterious whis- wicker basket around <laughs> gross, grimy 80s New York City. 
and we soon find out find out that there is his con- formerly conjoined twin inside that basket. <laughs> yep, Belial. Uh, Belial, which I mean, his, Dwayne and Dwayne Belial. and Belial. Let's start there. Like, what what were the parents thinking? Okay, we know what the parents were thinking. We get it. We we get a flashback with the parents. They're awful people. Yeah, it I was underst- real easy. Dwayne came out, and they were like, "Oh, this looks like Dwayne." And then the rest of Dwayne came out, <laughs> and they were like, "But Belial, Belial." I don't know. Poor Belial. Poor Belial. We love you. He just wants to be loved. He does, and, and then he goes too far, and then he goes like, a little okay, too far. You, you, you have to die now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the so the plot of this movie uh, is a is it's a really fun one for a movie that like deals with some like sort of heavy themes, but like isn't like bashing you over the head with them. And that's what I love about Frank Henenlotter. He deals yeah. like with themes and pretty much all of his movies. Mm-hmm. But even Frankenhooker has some yeah, like definitely does topical stuff, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But he's never like trying to preach to you and it never takes away from like the zaniness of the movie. Like yeah. this one here is dealing with like human rights and birth rights and like sh- should someone who looks like Belial and can be can be removed from his brother should like is he still a real per like is he still a real person should he be yeah should he be left on to his his brother should he try to be separated and you know try to make him into i guess more of a quote-unquote normal human being like the parents in this movie call him a monster and a monstrosity and they say that thing isn't human you know, these yeah. are, I don't know, it's sort of heavy stuff that he's dealing with. It is. Inside the zany revenge movie where Belial goes to all the people from their past and just brutally murders them. <laughs> with his clumsy big hands. With his clumsy big hands and no feet and stop motion <laughs> movements. Oh my god, the stop motion in this is so fun. Like, <laughs> I mean, we'll talk about the stop yeah. motion and brain damage too, which is also mm-hmm. fun. But yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah this the 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 overall vibe of this movie like late 70s early 80s new york horror movies especially yeah but it's even grimy just, yeah just just movies in general yeah they're grimy they're gross you feel like you need to take a shower like if you watch maniac you're like i need a shower after this one or new york ripper it's like yeah i feel gross yeah. this one do you feel like this movie falls in that same vibe of like I need to take a shower afterwards? I don't because I feel like our main characters are well, at least Dwayne is like he's just a dude, like an everyday dude. He's trying to help his brother out. Yeah. No matter how nefarious it kind of is, he's still like he's a very humane person. He's very a, a very he's, relatable every man. Yeah, he's a caring brother. At- and he kind of takes us out is... of that grimy New York a little bit. Yeah. I guess for me, like, this movie is... I know people call it a horror comedy. And, like, it is funny. Like, it's goofy. Mm-hmm. But it's also, like, I think it's the heaviest of Hen and Lauder's three. Yeah, for sure. Like, easily. 
especially in the third act, like I really feel like this, like it doesn't end on anything funny. Like nothing, there's nothing funny about the like last 20 minutes of this movie even. Um, okay, never mind. Belial stealing panties is pretty funny. Mm. Um, <laughs> with his giant rubber hands. With his giant rubber hands. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I don't know. Like this, this one is just. Um, I don't know. I mean, we'll get into we'll get into spoilers. There's there's like an there's an act in the in the mm-hmm. third act that does make me feel very gross. That's very much like it's a very uncomfortable, provocative scene. Mm-hmm. Brain damage has one, but I feel like that one for some it's reason that life. one feels a little different. It's played for laughs, whereas this one's like a tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't. I don't necessarily know if all of it is necessary. And I hate saying that because like it's art, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't know for me, like it just sours the movie just a little Mm, bit, just a little bit. I do think it's necessary for the story that they're telling and almost like the, uh, almost like the two sides of, of man, like the good, the evil. Yeah. The, I get that. Yeah the primal side versus the more developed side. I think that he's playing with a lot of themes in basket case of all different types. And maybe all of them don't work, but I think they're at least being presented and they're making you think for a movie. That's like, I mean, (laughs) maybe people don't talk about that enough with basket case that everybody talks about, Oh, this movie's crazy. It's zany. Like Belial is a crazy character. And yeah, he Mm -hmm. is. But it's also like there's some thoughtfulness put into this movie. There's oh yeah, there's stuff that's gonna make you think by the by the end of it. Same with brain damage also has that mm-hmm. of like that I one's even, kind of more straightforward and making you think about it, and it's literally it's, spelled out in the movie. There's very much less subtlety in brain yeah. damage for sure. Yeah, and I think I think the same thing for Frankenhooker, where it does deal with like heavy things that, like involving like gender. Um, body dysphoria that kind of thing but it also is like very much a gag a minute kind of thing Mm -hmm. and not subtle about any of it at all yeah like and so this one to me basket case is maybe a more nuanced movie than those Mm -hmm. other two but like i don't know maybe that's i don't know this one like it was a movie it was a movie made on a $35,000 budget is what I yeah. looked up, which, which is, is incredible. Nothing shot on 16 millimeter blown up to 35 when it was presented. I mean, there is a, there's a grainy quality to this. It's also very well shot though. Like Frank Hennenlotter yeah. is, he knows what he's doing behind the camera throughout this entire movie. Like, even oh, though yeah. it is very, like we said, very low budget and shot on 16 like this movie looks great and mm-hmm. the visuals in it all look at least believable. You buy everything that's going on in this world. Oh yeah. Like we said, the stop motion for Belial is a little clunky. Well, a lot of clunky, but it's like, it never takes you out of the vibe no. of the movie. And it never takes you out of like, this still isn't believable. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like, I mean, Belial is, a clumsy character mm-hmm. and i feel like that's that's where like you get away with the, maybe the rougher stop motion or the cheesy like rubber hand effects yeah um is like 
it kind of just feels like that's Belial in general. Like Mm -hmm. there's no real, it'd be different than say like the 2014 Godzilla with its immaculately crafted CGI monster. All of a sudden they were using like a rubber foot stomping, you know, when the whole thing's rubber (laughs) and just like motion, like stop motion, it never breaks the illusion because that's what it is from the get go. Mm-hmm. you know yeah I like and i that. think yeah and i think this movie does i mean it does a good job of like not showing him right away mm-hmm. but when it, it kind of teases him, you a little bit yeah, yeah. It teases it, and then when it does show him it's like yeah we're just gonna keep showing him because that's yeah that's the movie that's the crazy part of this movie you can see a lot of influence from in in other horror movies because of this and i think that's maybe the lasting legacy of basket case mm-hmm is the influence that this left on a lot of people. I mean, I think the big one that people have been referring to in the last couple of years is James Wan's malignant, <laughs> malignant. which 100% like doesn't exist without basket. Yeah, it doesn't case. exist without basket case. And you can tell Juan is a fan of basket case and wanted to oh, do yeah. his own spin on that. He's like, but what if basket case was like the matrix? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm yeah it's great yeah and yeah i mean there's i mean there's probably so many other movies that we could throw out there that have some sort of relation well, or mean, reference to to basket case we haven't seen it yet but the new appendage appendage that just dropped on uh mm-hmm. hulu that we're both excited we were talking with blake about it in the group chat um i've heard that's very hen and lauder Mm-hmm. And uh, from the from the premise of that, I'm like, yeah, I could see that. I haven't watched a trailer. I haven't done anything. I'm so excited to go into that one blind. Or like even like the revenge tale of like going back to the people who. Oh yeah. Hurt you or harmed you? I mean, like, look, no, Saw X. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like obviously, go, that goes back to James Wan in the original Saw. Like. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I got some major like saw what was it saw six where oh he has, like, yeah the, the doctors and stuff that and the the insurance yep. the insurance people yep yep yeah. yep yeah. oh man yeah that movie's brutal it's great mm-hmm. yeah the uh the basket case though so like at the at the main core of this movie I mean it is a it's a tragedy in the end there's a love story that's built uh between Dwayne and the receptionist of one of the doctors. Yeah, and it's not. I mean, it's not like oh my god, this is Romeo and Juliet and <laughs> no. anything like that, or the acting is like anything to write home about. But it's believable. In fact, it progresses pretty fast. Oh for yeah, what it is like. But I've never, I've never been bothered by that because it's like you don't go to movies to like watch people slowly fall in love. No, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like you want to see them meet, and then the next scene, they're like they would die for each other, you yeah. know, like just get mm-hmm. to the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Get to the not seeing the sights of New York and just making out. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, we get the, the, the flashback is, which is arguably my favorite part of this movie. The flashback. So uh, this is only the second time I've seen this movie. Mm-hmm. I forgot how much of it is flashback. Yeah. I forgot how much the flashbacks took up. I agree. I think the flashbacks are like a very big highlight of this. Mm-hmm. It also, gives all of it the like emotional yeah. gumption going forward. Especially for a movie made on such a low budget to have mm-hmm. like 
not only telling a story in chronological order in present day, but to go back 10, 15 years and tell like the origins of these characters and spend, I bet they spend a good 10 minutes in, in that flashback, at At least least 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's the the emotional crux of the movie of, the parents have said, like, this is this is a monster. We only want our son Dwayne. We don't want Belial. We don't think it's a we don't think that part of him is human at all. Yeah. And the doctors perform like this this in-house, literally in-house surgery on him to yeah. remove the two. And they end up just throwing Belial in a garbage bag and throwing mm-hmm. him out in the trash. And it's like when I watched it this time, I I legitimately got a little teary-eyed like yeah. seeing the bag move. Mm-hmm. And having Dwayne go out there to find his brother, like it's like it's really heartbreaking yeah. imagery. Like you know, because they don't, I don't, they don't show him like getting thrown in the garbage bag, right? No. That's the first time you know is when Dwayne goes out into the alley, and you see the garbage bag move, and you hear something from inside it, and it's just like it makes you realize it with Dwayne and it's like, Oh shit. It's really, it's a heavy moment. Yeah. Totally works. It, the mm-hmm. emotional beats of that, like are, are perfect. Yeah. And it, it, and you understand why then Dwayne and Belial all those years later go back after the doctors and their parent. I mean, they got, they got their dad right away, but yeah. going after the doctors that did this to them, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of on your guys' side. Mm-hmm. But then, then again, it, it's the yeah, it's the the tragedy of okay, what happens when you take that too far? Yeah, because Belial is clearly not very stable, mm-hmm. and he ends up. I mean, he doesn't have legs, so no, he's not very stable. <laughs> yeah, but he's got a pretty flat surface to just like lay on, you know. <laughs> Maybe too flat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I don't know. So. Yeah, then you get the the scene of him sneaking into the neighbor's apartment. <laughs> and you think I don't know, I think that's a great like masterclass in tension because there's so many different aspects. I love the shot where she's undressing and she goes into the bathroom and the camera just stays on the bathroom door. You just you half expect her to like scream or like blood to spurt or something and you're just waiting for that. And then she just comes out and she's changed. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my God. And it's just like, it's this release of tension and it gets you again. It's like, Head and Water just rules its sequences like that. Um, there, and there are quite a few of these where like the Belial kill scenes are almost always a little surprising. Like they always keep you just a little bit off guard. Mm-hmm. And then they're gory as shit. I forgot how bloody this movie is. Yeah, and it all looks great again. Like, yeah, for such a low budget, like it looks incredible. Mm-hmm. And it's oh, like yeah. it, it's not like super cheesy blood. I mean, it's, I mean, it's movie it's like, blood, but it's it dark looks blood, really though. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like it's not obscenely fake blood, anyways. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, just like the. <laughs> The tearing of the face yeah. is just like such a great visual. I just, ugh, and it's nasty. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, how do we talk about the scene? The the scene, the the like one where it's like the sexual right, assault. We're, yeah, we're not rooting for Belial anymore. Yeah, I mean, like, 
A, I mean, yeah, thing- that's what I mean. That's what it is. It was a he sexually assaults Dwayne's girlfriend, and then kills her, and then kills her. And yeah. Dwayne walks in on on that, and that's the the basically the the beginning of the end for the two of them. Mm-hmm. So I I get why the scenes in the movie. Like I said, it's just it's one of those things where like I just have a hard time watching that, that stuff in general. And I know that's like the point. It's supposed to be a very hard scene to watch. Mm-hmm. I I just I don't know. It's weird. That scene just gives me the ick a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, that I mean, said, that, that's what what Hen and Lauder's going for. Like you should feel yeah. the ick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that said, I do love that the dream sequence preceding this, like that leads into this, um, Dwayne's just running around full Johnson flapping in the wind, Mm -hmm. like in New York, in New York. I (laughs) like, there's just, I don't know. I'm an equal full frontal opportunist. I'm like, Mm -hmm. yes, you're going to do full frontal do it for everybody. (laughs) Dude hangs dong in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, dude hangs dong in this movie. So I, you know, I appreciate that. Um, and I think the whole thing's very well shot. I think the tension's there, especially because you know something's up. Like, you know that it's not just, like, you can sense that it's not just a dream. Mm-hmm. It's going on there. Something's going on, and it's, it's not good. And the reveal of it still doesn't lose the impact. Like, when the girlfriend wakes up and sees Belial, it's like, it's a real gut turn moment, yeah. you know, like, mm-hmm. and again, especially because you've grown, I don't know if you grow like emotionally attached to her and Dwayne together, but it's like, you understand that there's a, there's something good. There's a there. rela- like, yeah. Something good, a relationship, something he's Dwayne has never experienced yeah. before. He finally has someone aside from his brother, his which brother. Is, is not obviously by then we figure out is not a good influence on him. Yeah, he, it's a pretty like it's a toxic relationship. Yeah, like you, I mean, he you understand like, Belial's pain, but yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. It's it's messed up. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, it's it's necessary. Yeah, it's just like oh. <laughs> and then I mean the tragedy of them both both falling out the falling out window. the the window at the end and well presumably dying there's there's two more sequels and he shows yeah. up in brain damage but <laughs> enough for this movie we get the, the 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 official ending of them both dying together and kind of yep. this poetic moment that they both that's that's how they came into into the world and that's how they went out together yep yeah, it, it does strike me as odd that this has two sequels just because I'm like, I feel like the story was told. Mm-hmm. But the fact that Hen and Lauder is the one that behind both of the sequels makes me think, I don't know, he probably, I mean, it's his movie. He can do whatever the hell he wants with it. So, you know, it doesn't matter what I think. But it does give me a little bit more faith that they're not just like cash grabs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I don't know if I could ever call anything basket case a cash grab. Yeah, that's fair. It's not <laughs> like it was a big box office yeah. hit. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Sam, what would you give it out of five? Five screams. Uh, I 
it's a five screen for you? No, four. I, I give oh. it four and a half screams. It's close. Okay. I give it four screams. I really love this movie. It's, it's very good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not a five star territory for me. Yeah. Um, and I think it's because like, I don't, this isn't the one that I, when I want a Frank Henenlotter movie, this isn't the one I throw on. I throw no. on, yeah. I throw on Frankenhooker or brain damage before this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I still love this movie. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Henenlotter's just, I think he's director of, well, maybe not of all time, but he's one of them. He's What's on that? the mountain. He's you on the mount. You, you cut out there. Oh, I cut out. Um, I said I think he's one of the greatest B movie directors of all time. Like, oh yeah, I he I, for me he'd be on the Mount Rushmore of B movie mm. filmmakers. That's a good episode. We should do that. Is a good episode. We should. I already it. know one of mine, and because I've said he's the greatest B movie director ever. But <laughs> yeah, mm. I uh, yeah, I think we'd have different ones. I think I really so. do. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out Kevin. How do you how do you say Kevin's last name? Kevin Van Heidenreich. I don't know. The main character of of this movie. Uh, shout the out actor. To, yeah. I don't know. Hen Hentenreich Heidenreich Heidenreich Van Heidenreich. That sounds right. Heidenreich Hentenreich Hentenreich. <laughs> uh, either way, shout out to him for being the the, the long lost fourth Brady brother in this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! All right, let's move on to uh, a movie that's apparently in universe with Basket Case, 1988's Brain Damage. Sam, yeah, what's the, what's the plot of Brain Damage? So Brain Damage is about a young man who goes to sleep one night and wakes up with a little demonic turd parasite thing named Elmer attached to him. Mm-hmm. That feeds him juice and makes him super happy and high. And then Lots eats people's brains while he's while he's high. Um, Elmer's very, very, very phallic shaped. And he speaks like a Rankin Bass character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and it's a very on-the-nose metaphor for I mean, Drugs. like drug addiction, yeah. any kind of addiction, really. Like, it's just, it's it's an addiction I mean, it, metaphor. It's a straight-up drug addiction metaphor. It says so yeah. in, in the movie. Like, oh, yeah. There's 100%. no hiding what this movie's about. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, that's brain damage. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, so he's got this parasite attached to him that gets him high as long as he keeps feeding him brains. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, there's, like, a crazy old couple that used to hold him hostage, um there's a bunch of new characters that just get their brains sucked out um some in very unsavory ways <laughs> one especially one especially uh yeah yeah this is uh this is a wild movie um i like let's i mean let's talk a little bit about how we watched it this time we went yeah. and saw it late night at the state um late nights uh, late nights at the state are always a good time um the lighting was super cool. The the brain damage title card projected lightning onto the logo, screen yeah. with the lightning. Yeah. So much fun. Um, you know, there's just a good energy in the theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to, you know, that's pretty much the whole movie group was there. We got to mm-hmm. talk to everybody. Um, and uh, yeah, the, I mean, the South Dakota movie movie crew shows up for Hannon Lauder. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. I never, okay. So I never in my wildest dreams thought within the first, we're in the third year, full year of the state theater in Sioux Falls, South Dakota being open. They've been, been crushing it with so many out of the box picks. And I was <laughs> still like, we're not getting hen and Lauder for a while. Like that's, yeah. that's too, that's too crazy. And then we get brain damage. Yeah. And it, it, watching it in the theater was quite the experience of like, this is wild watching a Frank Henenlotter movie in 2023 mm. in a pretty damn packed it was. movie theater with yeah, a I lot mean, of people was... from what I understood. I mean, we were sitting, we were as about as close as you could get to the screen, but yeah. from what I could see just kind of around us, a lot of first time mm-hmm. watches for brain damage too. Yep. Oh, a lot of them. I mean, a lot of the people from our group hadn't even seen it yet. Mm-hmm. You know, like there were there were some first time watches yeah. that we knew of. Um, yeah. And I don't know. I guess like like you said, I just never expected this movie would play on a big screen in South Dakota mm-hmm. ever. Um, and if it did, I did not expect that it would be a crowd like this. Mm-hmm. And I just think it goes to show like late nights at the state have kind of become something that like people just turn up for. Yeah. Um, they're just, they're cool events. Sometimes you just turn up to fall asleep at them too. I mean, yes, <laughs> which we definitely had those. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I have to admit I was having a hard time. Like oh, I, was I, doing was... The, I was like tickling the roof of my mouth with my tongue, like mm-hmm. doing all the tricks. Um, that's a, you know, that's a thing. Yeah, oh. I do. I do it to help me stay awake. All That's what time. Elmer was doing to that lady too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> tickling the roof of her mouth. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing with this movie. So I, I'd watched this. I've only seen this one other time. You and I are kind of on different ends of the spectrum on brain damage. I like brain mm-hmm. damage. I don't love it like you do. Yeah, and I remember like the crazy parts. But I was like, why didn't I like love this movie? Like I love Basket Case and Frankenhooker. And it mm-hmm. was, I think this this time watching it kind of cemented that of like between the Elmer scenes of the crazy Henenlotter stuff, I'm kind of bored. Really? And the reason I and I think the reason I'm bored, and I was kind of talking to Kayla about this, is the main guy in this movie, I don't even remember the guy's name, Brian is the guy's name. He he's kind of a nothing character in this movie. Like we don't know who he is before like before he's drugged out, really. He's just mm-hmm. a guy. Yeah. Who has a girlfriend and his roommate. Yeah. And the biggest difference <laughs> is like in Frankenhooker, the the main character, he's like not he he's trying to do his best Jeffrey Combs. Like that's one hundred percent what he's doing. He's and like he's, Jeffrey Combs. He's like Herbert West from Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> and he he brings this kind of manic energy. And in yeah. Basket Case, Dwayne like is very much like a relatable character in every man. Also has, like I said, he has a, a look to him. He's the fourth mm-hmm. Brady brother. Yeah. Like he you remember what he looks like. This guy, I can't remember anything about him. <laughs> he's just generic white guy. And that, and maybe if you had a different main actor, I don't think he's bad in the movie by any stretch. He's just not memorable. Mm. And maybe that's some, I think that's a big part of what's missing for me 
Okay. Is like if we had some sort of character actor in the lead, like a Jeffrey Combs, I would probably vibe more with this movie. But the guy in the in the lead here just doesn't doesn't work for you. He, he, he works enough, but it's like the scenes between the crazy Elmer stuff. It's like I need a character actor to keep me engaged and like wanting to watch them where he just doesn't have that, where it's like, I'm just waiting for the next Elmer scene. I get that. I get that. I... And that's not me hating this movie. I, I like this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously very like, I highly recommend everyone watch brain damage. It's one of the most bonkers, crazy movies you'll see. And I don't know, just for me, why it doesn't like go to that next level like the other Hen and Lauders do. And I think that's a big reason yeah. why. But the stuff with like Elmer is <laughs> arguably the best of like Hen and Lauders I love every Elmer scene. Every Elmer scene is like top notch. Um great horror comedy. Great yeah. effects too. Like oh yeah, like I think it's the best Hen and Lauder effects that he has. Oh yeah, because like I mean, Frankenhooker, he's Frank just essentially using like <laughs> he's using mannequins. He's using painted mannequins, and you straight up notice that they're mannequins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't even try to hide that they're mannequins. Um, going back to like, so going back to Brian as like a nothing character, Brian. I disagree. I I don't disagree. I don't disagree that he is a nothing character. Mm -hmm. I think it's by design. And I understand why that choice might not be the right one for this movie. Um, especially because, like, yes, we don't see him before addiction. So, like, all we see is the addict, which is tough. Mm -hmm. um, because even in something like Requiem for a Dream, which is, like, just this... Second Requiem for a Dream is just... Yeah. <laughs> This 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 movie uh, Requiem for a Dream is just Oscar bait ba uh, brain damage. Yeah. Like, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, you kind of get a. I mean, it that's shows a, you the characters in addiction, but you also get a little bit of the outside of it too. It's a character study. Yeah, yeah. And I Whereas mean, there's not like character in this because Hemingway's like, well, uh, wouldn't you rather just watch this phallic parasite? Eat like eat brains yeah yeah and that's kind of the crazy thing because basket case is a character study mm -hmm. oh frankenhooker yeah. i don't know if i would say it's a character study it at least has like it's more of a study you, on you latch on to society yeah and like gender like sexuality and gender like it's more of a study on theme rather than character i feel like but when the crazy stuff happens to those characters in frankenhooker you're like i understand who you guys were before yes and when this yeah. crazy stuff happens i understand what you're going through mm -hmm. yeah here it's just he kind of just accepts that elmer's a part of him now yeah it happens fast. It's just it the one time. It's just the one time, Casey. All it they, takes. They've always told me if I smoked one cigarette, I'd be a chain smoker for life. Well, I've smoked at least like six cigarettes, and I still haven't picked up the habits. So. Meth, meth, not even once, Sam. Not even once. Yeah, you just have to smell that. You just have to like sniff it, and you lose like three teeth. And a giant 
phallic monster comes out of your neck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the effects for Elmer look incredible, though. That is mm-hmm. the, the... I mean, obviously the selling point of the movie, but it looks incredible. Like, when his mouth like separates and like slides down and you have all the little like yeah tentacles almost and the one up. pincer coming out like yeah. it's like oh god it's it's gnarly like the and the wound in the back it's such a simple practical effect but just that little bit of makeup in the back of his neck just mm-hmm. like gives me the heebies i'm like oh no it's so anybody with like a needle thing i imagine this movie is like very squirm inducing mm-hmm. <laughs> the the big scene in this movie where uh elmer uh, uh, uh attacks a woman by going in her mouth through the throat yes yeah. uh is one of the most shocking scenes of this movie and probably any movie that it will ever play at the state theater for sure yeah um i don't think the crowd knew what to expect with that so we were losing our minds. I mean. Yeah. I mean, cause like, well, we knew it was coming. Yeah. Um, yeah. The atmosphere changed mm-hmm. during I, that. Scene. Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone was having fun and especially like the biggest laugh I heard was when Elmer first Talked. speaks like yeah. that's, I mean, obviously going to get a huge and it. And it was a delayed laugh too. Mm-hmm. Like, no one was expecting that. Like yeah. everybody. And I think Steven even called it out. Like the first time he speaks, like that's going to be a big one, I think. Mm-hmm. And like, and it was so funny because he talked and I still don't feel like anybody expected it mm-hmm. because it was just like, there was like this moment of silence. You and I chuckled and then everybody else started laughing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you're, you're a hundred percent right. When that scene happens, the vibe changed in the room and I don't know. It divided it. Yeah. yeah. I don't think everybody was vibing with the movie afterwards. And maybe that yeah. for me didn't help my further enjoyment. Cause I like, again, I like the movie and I, mm-hmm. I'm not offended by any means by that scene. I think it's a really, really funny scene, it's, but I not mean, everybody yeah. thinks that's funny. And, and I understand why yeah. like 100%. Yeah. Yeah. But the, yeah, the tone in the room changed at that point. Yeah. Which, I mean, it is the most heinous act committed in the movie. Um, the imagery is, like, undeniable. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I mean, it's not subtle at all. No. And, like, it's it's clearly meant to be a turning point in the movie, too. Because after that, like, everything pretty much starts going downhill. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. in addiction, that's rock bottom. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like... Uh, and and so I feel like that le- it leads into the second half of the movie in a really like so yeah like I say this movie's more fun than Basket Case and I, I do agree with that because throughout like even post that you've got him arguing with Elmer and like you've got the stop motion effects of him like dodging the lamp getting yeah. thrown at him and stuff and it's just funny but like it's it's so schlocky and dumb and goofy, but it never forgets the fact that it is an addiction story. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I feel like I I guess like 
I could see someone watching this movie and feeling the same way that I feel about House. Where I'm like, yeah, I vibe with part of this. But then it just goes to like this real place that just takes me out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like this movie does that too. Yeah, I don't think the tonal... House has some tonal whiplash. I like yes. that movie a lot, but it does have some tonal whiplash. This movie, I think less so because you're... I mean, you're introduced like right away with what the yeah. tone of this movie is going to be. It's going to be about addiction, but it's also going to be about this monster that comes out of your yeah you yeah because i mean the opening scene is actually pretty harrowing you've got like the old couple looking through looking for their stash essentially mm-hmm. realizing they don't have it having a mental breakdown and then the last shot before you go to like title cards is them laying on the ground frothing at the mouth like <laughs> yeah. it's dark you know like and then it goes into you know the brian stuff and not five minutes later, Elmer's popping up and talking like, you know, Santa Claus from Rudolph. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It's a, it's like the, but the ending too, like we're not going to spoil anything, but the ending is it's yeah. Addiction wins. Like, yeah. Addiction wins. And he's like, I mean, you're, you're screwed. Well, and I was reading, I was reading up about this one too, because I, I just find this movie fascinating. I think it's like a very on-the-nose metaphor for addiction, but yeah. I think it's an effective one. Like no one, no one goes into Requiem for a dream and they're like, oh, it was a little too on the nose. Well, like, yeah, no shit. It's a movie about drug addiction. Mm-hmm. Brain damage is a movie about drug addiction. I like the idea that Henenlotter. Like that, Henenlotter's glorifying any of this. That he's like making light of it, or or that this movie is like pro drug. Because there are people that think this movie is pro drug. I'm oh, like, what part of this movie is pro drug? Yeah. He loses everything. He loses his relationship with his brother. He loses his girlfriend horrifically. Like that train sequence is heartbreaking. You know, like mm-hmm. it, it's it's like this is this is a tragedy just like basket case and people who say this movie uh, like this movie is pro drug have no media literacy <laughs> yeah like that's insane i don't agree with that at all that's no. insane to me i mean the end of the movie like is 100 like don't do this because this will happen to you yeah it's it's like and the final image is so iconic too mm-hmm. like I feel like I'd seen the final image before I ever saw this movie. Like when that happened, I was like, well, yeah, I've I mean, seen it's a that. lot of the posters is that. Well, yeah, that's true. That image. So maybe that was what it was, but yeah, it, it just, I don't know. I, I, I really like this movie and I think I like it because to me, it mixes the comedy and the like real emotional, like, it does it a little bit better than basket case does. Like, I feel like the tone of this is a little more assured than basket case. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I'll, yeah. I'll agree with that. It is definitely leans more into that horror comedy vibe than basket case does. Yeah. It does better with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, it's just kind of an, an inherently more funny. Yeah. whether intentional or not with like elmer especially for what he's like a metaphor for yeah <laughs> he's the funniest heroin needle ever <laughs> <laughs> uh sam what's what's your scream count on this 
Um, this one's a five screen for me. I really love this one. Like, and it was, I, I remember, I remember finishing this the first time and giving it five screams. And even like, I think I might've messaged you and Blake and I was like, brain damage is my favorite hen and water movie. Like this movie's incredible. And you guys were both shocked that it overtook Frank and hooker. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm still shocked. To be fair, I am a little shocked that I like it more than Frank and Hooker, but I do. Like, I just, there's something about this movie. I was so, like, I would have been happy with any Hen and Lauder playing at the state. But when I found out it was this one, I was so freaking pumped. Like, I can't believe I got to see Brain, I got to see Brain Damage and Chopping Mall at the state theater within a year of each other. That's insane to me. Sam is in heaven. I am. And I saw the Lost Boys too. Like they're just they're checking off. I I can't wait. I can't wait for Bride of Chucky. <laughs> and then Christine. Yes. Oh my God. When they play Christine, I hope that's not just a late night. I hope it's like I hope they do multiple ones because I'll be at every single one. That'll that'll be the one where I'm like with Derek in the back row, like all three screenings. <laughs> what 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 uh like famous horror directors have they not done? at the state theater here. Like, are you talking just at all at all? Okay. Cause I was like, I mean, they haven't done the, the only director series that I would say was horror was Hitchcock. And that's even more thriller than horror. No, just like playing one um, of their movies. I mean, even just recently we got a, we've gotten a Fulci. We got the yeah. beyond. We, we got a Stuart Gordon with reanimator. Hen and Lauder, brain damage. They've even played a lot of like the modern masters, like a lot of the. Um, Has the James Wan movie ever played the State Theater? I don't, I don't think so. Think so. <gasps> Dead silence. It's your turn. It's your time to shine. It's your time to shine. <laughs> if they played Dead Silence, I'd be ecstatic. Yes. <laughs> but but play the tongue cut. <laughs> Release the tongue cut. Release the tongue cut. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's probably like the one I can think of off the top of my head. James yeah. Bond. Yeah. Because the only other ones he's done are like the big studio, like a Furious 7 or Aquaman, and they haven't played those to my knowledge. No, no. Or the con- the Conjurings are Insidious. and Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Death Sentence. <laughs> Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, that's got to be the big. It's got to be yeah, that's the big one that I that at least we can think of. Oh, speaking of Reanimator and Stuart Gordon, I just want to show off my cavity color shirt. <laughs> Look at this! Isn't this dope? It is. So I bought. Who's the, gonna I, believe a talking head? <laughs> I ordered this like a week and a half before the Reanimator late night, and the day I ordered it. Later that day, Cavity Colors posted that they were moving warehouses. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not getting this shirt by the late night. And I didn't. But now I have it, and I love it. And I've been wearing it so much because I just love it. <laughs> so I didn't get to wear it to Reanimator at the state. But but you wore it here. When they play Bride of Reanimator, I'll have a shirt. <laughs> or From Beyond. Or from beyond, or just any stu- <laughs> robot jocks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Castle freak. Yeah. Oh my god! There's so many Gordon <laughs> movies that I would love to see at the state. Uh-huh. Dolls. Mm. 
I still haven't seen dolls. I still haven't seen dolls. Anyway. All right. Let's wrap yeah. this up. <laughs> yeah, let's wrap this up. Sorry, uh, we just like we, went on we, a tangent. We went on a Stuart Gordon tangent. Yep. <laughs> Sam, where can people listen to this podcast? I mean, they're listening to it right now, but where else can they listen to it? Well, every other Friday, we drop these on your favorite podcast platform. We are on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Um, we also drop... Uh, <laughs> Whoa, Tom, you what? <laughs> what? What? Tom, what? No. I got to pull this up here. Tom, you are a madman. <laughs> Tom says, Robot Jocks, man, just saw that recently. It was real bad. <laughs> Casey loves that movie. I, I haven't seen it. Full disclosure, I haven't seen it. But <laughs> that's Top so funny. Stuart Gordon movie for me. That movie rules. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Oh, Tom. You're me. <laughs> We'll always have basket case, Tom. <laughs> Robot Jocks rules. Anyway, where can people find us on social media? Uh, you can find us on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, or <laughs> or TikTok. Um, just search "Screams from the Basement." We uh, we're, we're on everywhere. You can find us. It'll be fun. You can find us. Oh. You can probably find me yelling at at Tom at some point after. This. <laughs> What's up? A couple, a couple other quick shout-outs I want to give. Yeah. Our, uh, our buddy John Runyon is launching Comics by Night in about six minutes on uh, on his Facebook page. So uh, go to Comics by Night. Eight or nine? Eight. I think he said eight. I think okay. so. Oh, maybe it's nine. Someone correct us. Tom, correct us if we're wrong. <laughs> Either way, go over to the Comics by Night page after this. Um, if he's not starting at eight, it'll at least have where when he's going to start. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a really, Oh, he is starting at nine, nine. Okay. We got okay. Time. We've got time. Okay. Cool. I can grab some snackage beforehand then. Yes. Sweet. Uh, so yeah, go over to comics by night at nine. Um, our buddy, Andy Heller is back in taco bout season. He is. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh yeah, our buddy Andy, he's back in talk about uh season. He's got a big lineup uh for October, all mm -hmm. of horror movies. I think all first time guests. Um, and if you've never listened mm. to a talk about not all, not all first time guests. I Are know one on that he has no, I'm not. Oh, I was like, I was like, no, I want to be on it. <laughs> you've got three do, episodes. <laughs> I do know Andy's favorite horror movie ever will be discussed. Ooh, that's exciting. So okay. Yeah, go check out Fat Dude Digs Flicks. He's doing, yeah. I think he said like six episodes, I think. Yeah, there's like six doing. in October. Yeah. It'll be cool. Um, I saw Phantom of the Paradise on there. I have a feeling mm -hmm. I know who the guest is on I that one. I know who the guest is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what, uh, yeah. What up, Seth Benson? What up? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, check those out. Uh, always check out Screams from the Basement. We've got our T Public store if you want some cool uh, merch and swag. Um, I keep talking about a... I promise I'm going to have a Halloween design up before Halloween. Um, otherwise, that'd be a really big waste of a Halloween design. <laughs> you should draw our faces as pumpkins or something like that. Ooh, that would be fun. Yeah. That would be fun. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so... I have one more shout-out to throw out there. Okay. we got a shout-out shout to our interview that we just dropped uh, this past yes. Friday with filmmaker Brandon Christensen, who just released his new... Or is going to be releasing, if you're listening to this on Friday the 13th, 
uh, his new latest Shutter original film, The Puppet Man. We talked to to him uh, about the movie for about forty five minutes. Yeah, about the filmmaking process. He broke down in an entire kill sequence for us. Yeah. And so like, if you, if you've ever wanted to hear some behind the scenes on a amazing kill sequence and how to do it practically, like that's yeah. the, that's the episode to listen to great interview, great chat with uh, Brandon, go check it out. Yeah. Go check out the interview and watch the puppet man Friday, mm-hmm. uh, the 13th. Yeah. It's uh it'll be on shutter. Um, yeah, God, I almost forgot to plug that. That was, that was such a good interview. Mm-hmm. Um, humble brag. It was, probably one of the best interviews we've done yeah um, for sure and it was it was awesome we was we love brandon we hope to have him back again mm-hmm. so yep and next time we're gonna be back in two weeks we are doing a full-on halloween spooky episode we are bringing back for the first time on this show mm. ever the one the only blake and stein Ginneth and blake will yeah. be here uh our former co-host on slash lot uh, we're talking about, I mean, all three of us have different names for what we call these. I call them pumpkin spice horror movies. He calls them crunchy leaf horror movies. What do you call? I'm just going to be like uh, three movies that get me into the Halloween spirit. Like, yeah. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't roll off the tongue, but I'm like, I'm not going to. You do your spice girl, pumpkin, whatever, fall latte, crunch leaf. And I will pick three, three movies. movies. That gets that, you in the Halloween spirit. I yeah, get, that are just yeah. there. They're in the Halloween spirit. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Um, spoiler alert: If you look at my letterboxd and look at uh, what I didn't talk about, you might uh, on recent watches you might already know one of mine. Um, <laughs> Halloween Town Two, Calabar's. <laughs> there you go. Yep. <laughs> All right, Sam. Let's wrap this thing up here. Uh, uh, do we have anything else to throw out there? I don't think so. Hey, we're going to be at Halloween Palooza. Like, if you're listening yeah. to this on Friday, uh, yeah, that's where we're going to be at. Yeah. We it's did a whole fun. episode on that. So. We're, we're excited. We have a, I think we're recording the live podcast that we're doing. Yeah, we're doing a live podcast yeah. there. We are ranking yeah. all of the Friday the 13th movies. Competitive collaboratively. Yes. <laughs> However, countdown that. style. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Can't wait for the final chapter to end up number one. All right, let's wrap this thing up. Hey, we're going to give a little shout out here at the end to our friends over at the Prescribed Films Podcast Network who are putting together Halloween Palooza. Hey, we're all connected. That's how this works. It's like the Marvel Universe, but not terrible. All right, Sam, (laughs) let's let's wrap this uh, thing up. Give the this is the Midwest wrap up. Well, well, we're going to keep talking. Okay, You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening.